five counties, one big sports show. Sports Beat Extra. Hello and welcome back to the latest edition of Sports Beat Extra with me, Kevin Galvin. So this morning, no fewer than 20,000 spectators were present as the Highlanders beat the Chiefs in the Super Rugby this morning. However, for many of us, the prospect of watching real sport is a long way off yet. So this week focuses on the world of eSport, with two really interesting discussions with those involved in the biggest sporting events in the real world or online. Later on, we'll chat to Waterford triathlete Kieran Jackson about his time in the hugely popular Zwift Cycling League and how it came to an unfortunate end. But first, the virtual Le Mans 24 Hours is already into its opening stages, with a field of drivers never before seen in the history of the competition. This is the big motorsport event, at least until Formula 1 start next month, with a host of current and former F1 drivers taking part. Among them is Ireland's only representative in the race, Eamon Murphy, whose Veloce esports teammate and former McLaren driver and current Mercedes F1 test driver Stoffel van Dorn saw them qualify sixth. Eamon spoke to me yesterday at just after the practice race. It started out as a bit of fun, really. Um, I moved back from Australia in 2016 and had a bit of cash. And I just bought a just an entry level wheel and you know had an Xbox and stuff. And it was just basically doing it for fun. But then you know started winning races and stuff and. Just the team started noticing me, and then I got signed for a team called uh, F4H Motorsport. And yeah, started competing for them in events, and it's just kind of gradually over every year, it's it's bigger and bigger. Um, but now this year, it's it's kind of just went through the roof. <laughs> you know, the thing about it is, is that it's accessible to so many people, mm. um, and you know, you don't need you don't need like thousands and thousands of euros to to you know have a bit of fun and enjoy a bit of motorsport um i suppose i mean tell us how they kind of you ended up kind of getting involved in in this virtual 24 hour limo um so currently at the moment i'm racing in the sro a esports championship which is on a saddle course of competizione um and that's ran by those involved with the GT World Challenge so there's like a silver series and then a pro series the other side of it has all the pro drivers like in real life and then there's our side with the pro sim racers um, and just Veloce noticed that you know I was doing well in it and they had a spare seat on one of their teams and asked if I'd be able to fill it and run along with the, the likes of Staffel Van Dorn and Norman Nato. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, even looking down through the list, um, and I'm sure a lot of people, and I'll name some of these just for people who, you know, would be familiar um, with, you know, some of the some of the drivers, uh, Esteban Gutierrez, Juan Pablo Montoya, Sebastian Buemi, Brendan Hartley, um, Fernando Alonso, of course, multiple world championship winner um, in and has won uh, Indy, the Indy 500 as well. Um, he's won Le Mans a couple of times, Rubens Barrichello, um, Max Verstappen, Lando Norris are on the same team, Team Redline, who are 
kind of one of the leading teams I know um, and they they were always kind of guys that were even before the pandemic broke out they would have always been particularly Orlando North would have streamed the kind of sim racing stuff uh, Jensen Button Pierre Gasly um, obviously the, the current I suppose the big name in, in, in uh, Formula 1 at the moment is, is Charles Leclerc um, he's racing for Ferrari in the 488 which just came out in Factor last week with alongside uh, Antonio Giovinazzi who's, who's currently with uh, AlphaTauri so like I mean, could you quite believe when you know you got the, when you got the call and you saw the, the kind of lineup? Like even yourself, what's the experience been to be racing with a guy like Stoffel Van Dorn? You know, Formula former Formula One. I think he's still currently a testing driver with Mercedes, if I'm right in saying. Um, so, like a guy just has so much real world experience. Uh, well, like you know, if you told me three months ago that I'd be. I'd be racing along with the likes of them, you know. I would have, I would have laughed you off the street. But um, yeah, like you know, I'm actually I'm in the chat at the moment. I'm just and you know I've got Stoffel and Jean Eric Verne in it. But really, really sound guys, like just so down to earth, you know, just like a a real racing version of all the other guys that I know online, you know. Yeah. First stint begins at 11 uh, tonight, and um, that'll be about, I'll be in for about three hours, hopefully keep it out of the walls. It'll be night time, so it'll be hard to see what's going on. Um, and then I'll jump out, I think Stoffel will take over. Then I'll try to sleep, which will probably be next to impossible. And I'll be back in again at seven for another two hours, and then... I'll be finishing up the race, which will finish at three o'clock on Sunday. Yeah, and like when you look here, you're going to be finishing the race, um, which is going to be well, hopefully. I mean, fingers crossed, as you say, everyone keeps it out of the wall and and everything goes well. Um, like Eurosport will be broadcasting it across Europe, so um, Eurosport, um, the race already began has already begun at three o'clock. Um, but if you want to watch Eamon tomorrow um, I don't know what time you in the car tomorrow Eamon is it around 1 o'clock something like that maybe 12 1 uh, around, around 12 1 yeah to finish um, as, long as, as long as the car still on the track yeah absolutely well I'm, I'm, I'm sure it will be like there's there's RT like there's <laughs> they, they have a map here of uh, of all the channels covering it and I mean it is literally it is being broadcast in every single continent around the world like are you just excited to get in the car or, or are you kind of a little bit nervous or, or what's the overall feeling oh no I'll approach it the same way I approach any of the races I do but uh, yeah this is a bit more a prestige behind us, so you kind of you're a bit more nervous with the the likes of all these big real drivers watching you. So, um, but yeah, looking looking forward to it, and looking forward to seeing what the the real guys can do as well. See if, see if they can keep up. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, that's the really interesting thing. And how, how have you found like like you with Norman and and, and Staffel, um Like, have they? Has it been more you learning from them, or has it been them almost more learning from you? Because like you're the guys really who are the you're the pro, you're the pro esports driver. So this is your territory. You're kind of coming. They're kind of coming into your territory. So, um, what's kind of been? What do you think for them has been the biggest learning curve in terms of, in terms of trying to get into the sim and race in the sim as opposed to racing in real life? I think I think I think really the only thing that holds them back is is the lack of, like, G-forces and stuff, you know, being able to physically feel what the car is doing. Um, but, 
In terms of what help they need, basically what the best settings are so that your computer doesn't crash. But, you know, the rail drivers, they already know all the racing lines, breaking points. So they are pretty quick to catch up. You know, Stoffel would be just as quick, you know, if maybe a little bit behind what I'm doing, which is very, very impressive. Um, do you kind of sense, I uh, get a sense of kind of carrying the torch uh, for sim racing um, when when you're when you're going to be starting? Because, I mean, especially when you cross the line, you, you know, there's going to be millions of people watching, no no pressure, but there is, you know, inevitably, because <laughs> people are so starved for sport and, you know, some anytime that you get to see competitive guys race, it's it's always going to be really interesting and it's being broadcast across the world. So you get a sense, do you feel like you're kind of carrying the torch for sim racing this weekend? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's a... To, to race against these other guys and even be involved in it is, you know... It's a huge privilege, and I'm sure there's other guys out there, you know, some racing as well that, you know, wish they had the, the same spot as me. But, you know, as always, I'll go out and I'll give it my best and just try and keep it out of the wall. Um, but, yeah, I, I think um, I think more so you want to you wanna do as best as you can as well because there's such a crossover now, you're starting to see... You're starting to see people move from sim racing into actual motorsport as well. So you want to impress as much as you can to as many people in the shortest space of time. So I'm going to try and do that. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully we might have an Irishman in the uh, in the Le Mans 24 when it comes around in September. Um, look, Eamon, best of luck. You're flying the flag for Ireland. Um, you're you're flying the flag for sim racing. Um, no doubt you're you're as as they say in the business, you're a very quick boy. Um, and you'll have you'll have no problem, I'm sure. Um, are you guys excited? Do you guys have an expectation? Are you guys hoping for anything in particular? Or are you just gonna you're gonna kind of see how we go? Um, come the weekend. Um, I think definitely, I think definitely the pace is there for the win, but it's just more of a control and race and just trying to stay out of trouble. So, you know, once we're twelve hours in, we'll reassess and see how hard we need to push to try and get to the top. This is Sports Beat Extra. Um, so we're delighted to be joined on the line by Kieran Jackson. Um, I suppose Kieran, it's it's your. You know, every time I look at your Instagram, you're you're mad training. Um, you're you're always keeping busy, particularly before lockdown. So, um, I suppose first of all, um, how have you found the whole experience of lockdown? Have you managed to kind of keep training a bit? I know that five kilometers is there, so you were, I suppose you were probably able to do yeah. a bit nonetheless. Yeah, I suppose at the start, um, I suppose at the start was kind of scary. It was you were nobody really knew what was kind of going on, and we weren't sure if we were going to get a full lockdown like other countries where we're not allowed out of the house only for like food and, and essential stuff but we we were kind of lucky when we were given that two kilometer exercise limit um i could get like you could still get a decent enough run in and i just used i set up my stationary bike at home so that i could just cycle indoors so i've been able to keep on top of a, of a few things and then losing the swim uh with the pools being closed so yeah it was it was it was a rocky start, but after after a couple of weeks, I kind of got used to it and kind of settled into it. I think for athletes, are pretty used to um, being isolated because most of our most of our training is done on our own, and it is kind of done behind closed doors. And nobody, we don't really need um, too many training partners or anything like that. So it was wasn't that much of a change. 
I suppose you're well mentally prepared as well um, because of you know the long distances that you're doing on the bike and 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 in the pavement. Um, you're kind of used to that endurance aspect, I suppose. And uh, like, did you find that kind of mentality helped a little bit, kind of when it when it came to to, to the whole lockdown generally? Just that you're you're kind of used to kind of the, that self discipline and keeping your head down and getting through things. Oh, definitely. Um, like we would use the indoor stationary bikes a lot during the winter so we're we're pretty used to kind of you know cycling in one in one place indoors and get and just getting the sessions done but i think for us as like long distance endurance athletes we already put ourselves mentally through a lot of pain uh with the training anyway so it, it's it's fine to put ourselves through that pain within i don't know restriction or within a limit and and um, i suppose you kind of just focus on what you can do and you you push out anything that if you can't swim, if you can't, if the pools are closed, you just have to kind of forget about it and say, "Look, I can't do that right now," and uh, focus on the positives. I suppose. Yeah, you mentioned um, those bikes. I suppose maybe as a, as a start, you might just explain. So, so the reason um, why why you kind of came into my head a couple of weeks ago again was um, I was suggested that to be watching the uh, the Cycling Ireland Zwift League. This is um, kind of like a league that uh, takes these these bikes that you have at home and they kind of transfer what the guys are doing at home into some sort of visual graphic representation where they can all race yeah. against each other, and it's done virtually. Um, and I saw a K. Jackson and I thought to myself that that's definitely that must be Kieran and sure enough it was so I suppose tell us um, how did you how did that all come come about and and tell people a little bit more about Zwift and kind of what the concept is behind it so when you have your bike set up on like a stationary trainer it's called a turbo trainer it basically takes the back wheel off the bike and you can put it on a mount and it will cycle in in the in the one place won't go anywhere but you're still pushing, you're still pushing power through the pedals. And Zwift is a virtual. It's, it's like a computer game. Um, they've got different routes, and they've got different worlds. So they've taken like routes in Yorkshire, routes in New York, routes from like Richmond, where the World Cycling Championships were held, and they've put them into this game, and they've kind of mimicked the the gradients, the hills, the descents, the turns and stuff like that. So our bike connects to the cycling app through Bluetooth, whether it's through our pedals or through an actual smart, smart you call them smart trainers. So it connects through uh, Bluetooth and then that matches your, your power. So like basically the, the, the harder you pedal, the faster your avatar goes on the virtual cycling app. Um, or the easier you pedal, the slow, the slower the 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 avatar goes, and so it's kind of like a, it's like a racing game um, where you push a button and the car goes. If you pedal your bike, the the avatar kind of just uh, cycles away, and you can complete a number of routes and stuff like that. And I suppose really this morning, as as we're speaking, um, earlier we're speaking on a Saturday morning. Um, you should really be on the bike right now, uh, for the final for the final round of the pro league. Just explain kind of what happened there. Um, some some sort of misunderstanding between I suppose Cycling Ireland and Zwift and and the figures that were coming out. Yeah. So what? How you connect to Zwift and how you how your avatar goes faster is measured measured through. Um, power, which is the amount of force you basically push through the pedals with your legs. And 
those can be measured through what I said before, like the smart turbo trainer or um, a power meter on your bike. So not every single power meter or not every single like turbo trainer can be calibrated or they might not be reading correctly. So uh, they kind of, you, you have to enter in your waist to actually um, get onto Zwift because if technically if you enter a lower waist, but you actually in real life you are a heavier weight and you're pushing similar power or higher power, your avatar will go faster with like the lighter weight inputted to the the virtual app, if you understand me. Mm. Um, So they have to be really, I suppose, mindful and they have to like basically kind of security check. So I had to do a video um, of my weight uh, being measured on a scale and then I had to do a video of calibrating my pedals and showing them the turbo trainer that I use the race for and the bike and everything like that so it's really kind of you know it's done really professionally they anyone who's finished within the top five has been has been measured they check your weight and and uh, so there was one race I think it was three weeks ago right now um, one of the, the pedal the pedals were obviously maybe reading too high. But they're not actually at the moment because I calibrated them only two days ago and they're, they're reading a bit too low. Um, so Zwift kind of look at all the races that have happened during the day throughout the world and they can pull your rider or your avatar out of the race and they'll kind of suspend you until you basically prove to them that you have, you're, you're, you're capable of pushing that power. Hmm. So they took me out of the race because they didn't. They don't know who I am. They don't, they've never met me in my life. They don't know that I'm like a semi-professional triathlete. But they don't. They they just think I'm um, somebody uh, like a Joe Soap. So <laughs> yeah, a Joe, they, a Joe Soap who's uh, who's maybe what uh, two stone heavier than he's saying, and the the weight that he's putting down on his legs exactly. is actually mostly from his own body weight and not actually the power that he can put through the bike. Exactly, that's the problem with it. Like it. It's it's difficult to measure and it's difficult for people to say that per- person's cheating and that person's not cheating. Um, so yeah, it's like it's great while it was there, but it's it's very difficult for people to say that person has pushed out similar watts to a use uh, a cyclist pro and he's only a triathlete or something. Mm. So yeah, it's um, it was good while it, while it lasted and it kept me it definitely kept me motivated to keep up the training. And even watching my weight with nutrition because you have to you have to weigh yourself every Saturday so that if you change if if you get heavier throughout the, the weeks because this is a twelve week league if you get heavier throughout the weeks yeah you know you kind of have to update that on the app and it definitely kept my weight in check and my nutrition good so it was it was really good at the time. So so where's the situation now? Because I know that Cycling Ireland have decided like that Zwift League finishes this week, but there's going to be an extension or not not an extension, but there's going to be a new competition created starting from next week. Am I am I right in saying? So like, is that yeah. something that you might be eligible to participate in, or have you just kind of parked it now and kind of said right, like you know, it's time to step back from it and start to go back to real world stuff because everything's are kind of opening up again. So yeah, so I'd love to, but. Cycling Ireland, and I showed them the power files and the power data and my pedals being calibrated and everything matched out correctly. It was actually with the company over in the US or China or something um, that pulled me. So, And they, they wanted me to show them, or they wanted me to carry out a test that I feel personally is not something that I kind of wanted to do just to show 
just to show them that I can push the power, it was a it was a really hard test, and they wanted me to do it on my own solo, just midweek. And I just said, uh, I said, I just said, no, I'm okay. Uh, I'll get back. I'll focus on getting back outside. I'll focus on, you know, hopefully, in a couple of weeks' time, maybe the end of August, start of September, we're seeing some cycling races come back, and um, I'm just kind of focusing towards that now. And I think I'll take myself myself off the virtual world of. Uh, cycling and back to the real world what, what does the back situation the what does the situation lie in terms of the calendar for real world like in terms of triathlons particularly um, because obviously that is uh, that is your bread and butter um, like is there is there stuff on the horizon are you aiming for anything at the moment um, and how are you finding kind of keeping yourself motivated without kind of something to, to aim for ha- without having you know without a, a kind of a, an end goal for the last couple of weeks yeah so like this year was supposed to be National national sprint champs were coming to Waterford, and you know I won the national sprint triathlon title last year, so it was like it was going to be a big year to come home and and defend that title on home turf, essentially in front of a home crowd. So that would have been that would have been massive, and unfortunately that was to take place at the end of June. Um, but today, yesterday, the announced that it was moved to, you know, I think the start of September. And I'm also getting invited still to a couple of French races that are happening in September. So, you know, there is things starting to open up again. People are moving dates for races, whether they will happen or not, I don't really know. I don't think anybody else else knows either. They're just kind of, I think they're just kind of being optimistic with some form of normality with racing starting back. And I think uh, that's what's keeping me going at the moment. It's just that, that hope that, there might be one or two races happening. Whether I get one done or two done, that's it. I suppose so be it, you know. Yeah, and I suppose it's, it's, that's the thing about this year uh, for all of us. Uh, we came into the year with such high expectations, and and changing them. Um, I, I like, are you worried, or do you, are you kind of happy enough uh, with the situation at present? I know that, like you know, some of the tracks we were, we were talking about it just before you came on air. Um, some of the athletics tracks around the country are still not open. Um, UCC being kind of the most notable one. Um, swimming pools aren't open yet. Um, so kind of you like. Do you feel now it's time that that because we know that the elite level athletes are allowed to travel to train, but a lot of the ones that are based in Ireland still won't don't have access to facilities. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's like it's a hard one. You see other athletes in different countries, um, where they might have had sort of like a worse a worse result, or they controlled the virus a little bit worse than we did because we did a very good job of it. Um, and they're opening their, their tracks, you know, they're getting back to group coaching, group training sessions, even some of the pools in other countries have started to open up and you see, and you come back here and you see like half of our elite athletes or Olympic hopefuls can't actually go to the track to train because they're still, they're still closed because maybe that, that, uh, that college is closed if the government has said no, you know, so I think... It's, it's difficult, it's hard to see us cope so well and react so well to the virus and then open up other things instead of, you know, really important things. I think it, it takes somebody to kind of step in and say, OK, we need to look at this kind of uh, strategically. The Olympics are going to be going on next year and half of our athletes are back training, half of them still can't train. So it's a difficult situation for them and it must be really uh, I don't know, it must be really kind of demotivating, I suppose. 
Sports Beat Extra. Beat 102-103. So that's it for this week's edition of Sports Beat Extra. Remember, you can check back this episode and all other episodes on beat102103.com forward slash podcast. Now, normal service is slightly interrupted as David Hammond takes over Beat Anthems. That's up next.